ComC is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 27 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time and ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. To stay updated with ComC, please follow them on social media at Check Out My Cards, one word, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn about offers, promotions, and more at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. I recently picked up a couple nice cards for my collection, but the quest to build the collection never stops. And as I continue to sell more and more each month, I'm able to have some funds ready to pick up some of the other cards that I've been interested in getting. One of those is a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. The thing that I've been struggling with as I've been searching for a Wayne Gretzky rookie card is finding one that I like. Now, I'd like to get an SGC graded one. I want to get one that's graded. I want I want some more assurance with the authenticity. Even though eBay has authenticity program for raw cards, I still like to get one that is graded, I think. Now, I don't mind if a card is graded authentic because that's my main goal is just to have one that's authentic. I'm less concerned about what the actual number is, more about how it looks. So I don't mind if a card is authentic, but I don't want it to be really altered i guess and so i've been struggling with trying to find some copies out there that are reasonably priced some of the authentic ones it's hard to know if they're if they're altered or not but with the new sgc slabs that are out there now they do actually say why it's graded authentic and so that might help me out as i try to find one but for now i've got my eyes peeled trying to find a nice copy that has been my quest for the last couple of weeks, but I'm not in a hurry, so if it takes me a little while, it takes me a little while, and that's fine. So that is my kind of Mike's hobby topic for the day, the things that have been on my mind in the hobby. But I want to talk now about what our main our main topic of the show is, and that is another Super Collector interview. And today I'm bringing on Joe Toko. Joe Super Collects Sealed Football Packs. And so we haven't had any pack collectors yet on the, the Super Collector Series. And so that is who I'm bringing on today. I met Joe at my local LCS. He came in on one of our show days and was starting to pick out some football packs and started telling me about his collection. And I said, man, this would be a great addition for the, the Super Collector Series. So Joe, would you want to come on? And he said yes. And so Joe Toko is going to be who our, our guest is today. But speaking of packs, a place that you can buy some packs is Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by collectors for collectors that breaks new product almost seven days a week now across YouTube, Facebook, and Loop, the app. You can also check out their brick and mortar shop in Knoxville, Tennessee to see their full selection of wax, single supplies, and about everything else you need. You can even watch some of those breaks live there in the shop. They're also an approved group submitter to SGC, so if you've got some cards you'd like to submit through them, you can learn the details about that 
at udogcollect.com. And when you check them out, tell them Wax Pack Hero sent you. Well, today we're going to continue our Super Collector Series, and I am bringing on a guest. Joe Toko is joining me to talk about his super collection of sealed football packs. Joe and I first met when he came into the shop a few months ago, and he was picking out some junk wax era football packs, and he told me about his collection, and I thought it would fit nicely with the Super Collector Series that we've been doing. So, Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. So tell me about this story behind your collection. What got you started? Sure. So I started collecting as a, as a kid in the 80s, like, you know, like, like a lot of us. And I grew up in Cleveland and I was, I was, my family's from Detroit. So, you know, we had the Indians and the Browns and the Cavs, and then we were Red Wings fans. So really I collected the four major sports growing up in addition to like garbage pail kids and, and stuff like that. And, and I've always been, as a collector, I've always been a completist. I've always tried to build sets. So I continued to do that, you know, as a kid throughout the eighties. And then the, you know, the, the first real big boom happened there in the late nineties with, with the explosion of different sets and, and multiple series and things like that. And, you know, around 91, with a new set coming out in one of the sports every week, it was it was becoming impossible to, to build sets. So I said, well, if I can't build a set of everything, I'm at least gonna get one pack of everything because then I might have every card, right? You know, so I, I started kind of casually doing that in the 90s. And then, you know, the, the first bust happened around 93 and Pretty much everyone stopped collecting, but I did. I, I kept collecting, and and through that time, my my goal was to just get one pack of everything, every sport, uh, and every non-sport that I came across. You know, hobby, retail, jumbo, wax, cello, rack, every one of everything, and I kept doing that through the into the late '90s, and then it was getting even crazier, and I I, I really had to focus more. I couldn't keep up on every sport. Uh, and football has always been my passion. So, so I centered in on football starting in like 97. Uh, still buying one pack of everything. Uh, when, I, when I graduated college and had a little bit of money, I started buying two packs of everything and I would open one and keep the other one sealed. Okay. Uh, and I'd occasionally buy a box, but mostly that's what I did. I just go to my local card shop every week and whatever was new, I'd buy two packs. So I did that. Up until about when my first son was born in 2007 and took a long break from the hobby from 2007 to 2017. In the early 2000s, I had, you know, when, when I was working, my wife was working before we had kids, I had a little bit of disposable income. So I went back and started buying some more, some vintage packs. There, there were a couple really reputable dealers at the time I'd buy from that aren't around anymore, uh, but no one was was certifying them or slabbing them until Global came along, GAI. Uh, and they started uh, authenticating and slabbing packs. So I, I sent a lot of my packs to them and then I started buying their packs. And then they went by the wayside and now PSA is, is doing the same. So majority of my most valuable and rare and, and you know potential to be resealed collection is, is now slabbed, either, either GAI or, or PSA. So you started pretty broad and then gradually narrowed yeah. it down to focusing on football. What is the 
oldest pack that you have? Uh, the oldest pack, I'll, I'll I'll show you if you can see it on my shoulder. So this is uh, 1950 Topps felt pack. So like a lot of the packs back then, a piece of gum and, and one card. It's kind of hard to see, but that, can you see that? Yep. All right. Great. Very cool. You know, there there's not the potential for like a huge pull from this. Re really, when you're going back to, to packs this old, you're, you're paying for the rarity of the unopened product. You know, there's the Joe Paterno in this pack, but, or, you know, in the set. I, I bought this one just recently from a memory lane auction. And uh, to date, I just double checked this morning. Today, it's, it's it's the only one that PSA has authenticated. So there are there are some older packs out there. I'd love to have you know they're they're just there's one or two and they're super rare. You know, like 1933 Sport Kings uh, PSA is like one of them. You know, 48 Leaf and Bowman. There's there's one or two here and there. They're just they're just super rare. And when they come up, they they go for the price of a car. So. You know, those are probably not not in the cards for me, but yeah, that's that's my oldest pack. Uh, that's pretty cool. Now, when you started to consolidate, you know, this is always something that I think a lot of people have to think through, right? It, it is not uncommon for us collectors to have our collection somewhat evolve over time, but the key thing that sticks with a lot of people or they really stumble over is okay, I know I'm going to pivot my collection or I'm going to pivot my focus, but what do I do with everything else that I had up to that point? Yeah. So when you when you made that switch to focus on football, did you keep all of the other packs that you were getting from other sports and the sets that you had been putting together over time? Or did you kind of offload those to get some funds to be able to put towards your new primary focus? Yeah, good, good question. My goal has been to simplify, to liquidate, and, and to get funds to focus. But I can never quite bring myself to sell things. Mm -hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure you see this a lot. I've only ever sold a few cards in my life. I have I have cards in my basement from the first wax packs I opened in 1980. I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to get rid of them. Even though I know I, I there are things I don't really want that don't fit into my current collecting goals and it would free up money to, you know, to get things that do fit into my goals. If I sold them, I wouldn't have them anymore. So I, I just, I can't bring myself to do it. So I have almost everything that I've ever had. Okay. That's, that is not uncommon to hear. <laughs> I know. There's for us collectors, there's once we've got an attachment to it, even if our, even if our focus changes, it is, very difficult for us to get rid of those things that that we've got a connection to. Talked about your collecting goals, and I wanted to spend a couple minutes talking about you know what that that goal really is, and, and I want to take it from a couple different angles because you know there was one thing in the '80s when we had two, maybe three different sets to to track down, and each of those sets might have had a couple different packaging formats, right? Yeah. But it's it's a whole different ball game today. You know, we've got Panini putting out football products and there's like 30 to 40 different products that, that come out. And some of those have retail configurations and hobby configurations. So how do you approach the modern releases with there being so many different releases each year? And some of those being 
a single box with a single pack that's right. five, six, eight hundred dollars just for for that one product. How do you approach the modern releases as it fits into your into your goals? Yeah, good question. So so I around 2003, I believe it was, was the first ultimate collection football. And then 2005 was the first exquisite football. And that's when the lines started to kind of blur between pack and box, right? And like you said, sometimes boxes now have one pack, you know, National Treasures and, and Immaculate, things like that. I just stay away from those. Okay. Um, and, and I mostly stay away from modern completely these days um, for two reasons. With a number of hits per box, it's it's too it's too easy to open a box till you get the hit, and then you know do something with the rest of the packs. It, it's 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 too easy to for for people to suspect that 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 was done. It's 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 too difficult for me to ascertain if that was done. You know, with with the with the and with the price of packs now, you know what what I did in the in the '90s and 2000s, where I go to the local card shop every week. You know, I'd spend 40, 50 bucks on every new release, two packs of every new release. It's it's just not feasible now. So, you know, at the time I had the relationship with my local dealer, and I knew what he did. I watched him do it every time. He'd he'd open the box, he'd shuffle the packs, uh, and he wouldn't answer questions about hey, has, has an autograph pulled, been pulled out of this box yet? Things like yeah. that. So. I knew his packs were good. So, you know, so I know that the packs in my collection are good. The the, the few modern things I do, uh, some key sets like uh, 2017 Prism with the Mahomes rookie, I'll buy like the the retail, I'm not sure what they're called, like the bundle where there's three foil packs mm -hmm. and the red, white, and blue pack, that kind of thing. And I'll open it all except keep one of the foil packs. Okay. So like I have that in my collection, but I, I don't make an effort anymore to try to get one of everything um, for those reasons, be because of cherry picking and because the, the lines blurred between pack and box now. So as you kind of went back and decided to draw that line, where, what year was it that you drew the line and as you tried to fill things in? So, you know, you're trying to get everything from a, up yeah. till what point, what's that year? So 2007 was the natural break. Okay. Because that, that's when I took took the long break from the hobby when, when my, when we started having kids, not because of, you know, what kind of cards were released at that time or anything like that. But uh, I'm, I'm really trying to complete every set, every pack, every configuration up, up through 2007. Uh, and I'm also kind of as a companion, another project I'm working on is, is a, a tops football set run from the, from 48, the, the first college football cards that were in the top magic packs, along with all the non-sports and other sports. Uh, then, you know, the 50 felt backs, the 51 tops magic, the 55 all American, and then the NFL sets from 56 to 2015 when they lost their license. Some of those were not NFL, I think from 64 through 67, they were AFL before the merger and, and Philadelphia had the NFL license, but the NFL and AFL packs from, from 48 to 2015, um, again, kind of as companions to my set run. Uh, that's really my focus right now. One of the other things I wanted to hit on based on what you had said is 
your source for research, right? Education is such a key component of all of us in our collecting journeys, whether it's trying to track down different cards that are available, all the different obscure oddball sets and that type of thing. But with your goal and with your focus, there's got to be some good research sites out there to even let you know what configurations exist for each each um, set that you're going after and each pack that you're going after. What do you use to identify what different configurations even exist for those older, you know, older packs and older sets? Sure, good question. I, I wish there was one book that just had all of it, but there's not. And actually, that's kind of the fun of it. Um, there, there are a few resources. Um, Mark Murphy, who was known as the baseball card kid, it was kind of a leading unopened dealer about about 20 years ago, put out a book. And that had pictures and listings of the configurations and um, prices that are extremely out of date, like, you know, one one hundredth of what they would go for these days, that, that kind of thing. That, that's a good start for vintage packs, just to understand what's out there and what they look like. The, uh, the PSA forums are, are pretty good, the Collector's Universe forums. Uh, there's, there's a good subset where you know, there's, there's a community of unopened pack collectors there. Uh, there's a, a Vintage Wax Facebook group that's pretty good. It, it's, it's more focused on, on buying and selling, but you, know, you can see what's out there that way. The Baseball Card Exchange website, bbce.com, for vintage stuff, you know, even if you're not buying, if you just want to look, he's got scans of everything. You can see what's out there. For in the 90s and early 2000s, you know, when I was trying to get every configuration, I subscribed to Beckett Football and Sports Collectors Digest, and, and they would have the previews of each upcoming set. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was a resource. I kind of make checklists based on that. Uh, and going to shows and watching eBay just to, to see what's out there. Uh, there's also a, a website, I wish I could remember the name, that, that has scans of every wrapper um, all the way, you know, every Topps wrapper from, from the 40s on up. So it's typically obvious, like, you, I don't know if you can see this one. I know your, your listeners can't see it, but this is a, a penny pack from 59 Topps. And it's, it's obvious looking at it, it says one cent on it. So, you know, you know that one's a penny pack versus, versus you know, a, a full wax pack like this 80 tops, you know, has 15 cards in it. So sure. I'm sure that's not a lot of help, but, you know, it, it, it's, there's not one single resource I'm aware of uh, that, that, that you can go to, to to find all the information. I think that's a good start though, right? It gives people, if they are interested in starting to track a few of those things down, a place to go, a place to get started with. And sometimes not having that one, one source gets a little bit frustrating, but it also adds to the challenge and the fun does, yeah. of the hunt. Right. And so, it does. Um, but I, I appreciate you sharing a little bit about some of the sources that you use um, because I think that will be helpful if, if people are interested you also touched on wrappers, and that was one of the other questions I had for you. There continues to be a market and a growing interest in going back and getting some of the old empty display boxes and wax yeah. wrappers. And I was wondering if if that was a part of your collection as well. You know, do you do you go after any of those boxes and wrappers, even if they're empty? 
I, I do kind of as a, um, as a, as a side project, you know, if I see something I think is cool, okay, it, it's not a major focus, but you, you come to appreciate, I'll, I'll show you, I'll show you another one. This is, this is 52 Bowman. Um, you know, it's a penny pack. So there's 52 Bowman smaller, one card in there. And, you know, it's going to be a wax stain, you know, it's going to have a gum stain. So whatever the card is, you know, you're not buying the pack for the card at that point. You know, you're, you're buying it again for the rarity of the product. And, and you, and you, you start to appreciate the, the design and the art of, of just the, of just the wrapper and the pack. Um, and that translates really well to, to wrappers and, and empty boxes too. Um, ultimately, I'd like to have, a, you know, a, a a more comprehensive display of things like that. Um, right now, again, I just pick them up as, as I think they're cool. I, I bought a 1935 national chickle, uh, wrapper because I know I'm never going to own a pack. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know if there are any out there. Uh, PSA's never graded any, uh, GAI never made their population report public even when they were in business. So I don't know about them. And for something like that, there's just, there's no way at this point I would, I would buy something raw. Uh, there's just too much, you know, possibility of resealing. So I know unless, you know, lightning strikes, I'll never own an out of pack of that. So in that case, I'll buy the wrapper. Last thing that I want to hit on here today. Um, you know, you've talked about some of the cool pieces you've talked about kind of where you draw the line. You talked about your primary focus here with, with the packs but what would you say is kind of your ultimate collecting goal? I have a lot of them, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're focusing on my open packs. I touched on my, you know, the tops set run. I'm also, I've also got some PSA registry sets, um, you know, it, focusing even more, you know, I start with, with every product. I go to, you know, four major sports. I go to just football. Um, going even further down, I'm, I'm kind of a running back specialist. So I've got a decent collection of, of the rookie cards of all the 10,000 yard rushers, that, that kind of thing. I'm working on the, uh, all the hall of fame, uh, rookie cards, you know, the 273 or however many people now. And I'd also like to get a, a comprehensive, uh, pre-war run. You know, I've, I've got the very first football card, the, the, uh, 1888 N162 Beecher, uh, but then there's the 1894 Mayo Cut Plug set. There's the National Chickle. There's 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 a few other minor sets. You know, there's football players in 33 Sport Kings, things like that. There's not a whole lot of cards, football cards pre-war. It's it's actually possible to to put together a comprehensive run of pre-war. So. Okay, so to answer your question, ultimate, my ultimate goal, my ultimate collecting goal. So comprehensive pre-war football, tops football set run, and high grade rookie cards of every Hall of Famer. All How's right. that? Is that is that modest enough? That's great. In addition to your run of football packs. <laughs> and and the companion football packs, yeah, to go with the sets. Yep. Is there any I, I know you had touched on a couple of those very hard to find football packs that may or may not even exist. Right. Yeah. But from the things that are, are reasonable and, and there is enough supply that you could track one down is, is there any pack that you've 
want to get and add to your collection that you've just not been able to to track down just in case anybody out there listening might have <laughs> one laying around um, that they're willing to move is there any kind of pack that has been eluding your your uh collection there of, of the things that i know exist but and want and don't have the barrier has, hasn't been finding it the barrier's better been affording it okay so I guess the number one thing on my wish list right now would be 55 tops, all American uh, nickel pack, you know, the, the, the wax pack, not the cello or the penny pack. They're out there. They come up on Robert Edward and heritage and, and some of the other major auction sites. Occasionally uh, they're just out of my price range. And I, I, I did, this is, this is not what you asked, but I'll tell you the, the story anyway. So it's talked about the PSA forums. Uh, there was a, an unopened collector who was working on a, a run of uh, top baseball rack packs and clearly had put a lot of effort into this. Clearly was a pure collector, you know, had nice pictures and scans, had them nicely organized and everything. Um, and, was, and had a big hole in this collection, which just happened to be 60, I'm sorry, 96 series two tops baseball. And he said, I've never seen one. I don't even know if they made rack packs for that series. Um, so I went and looked in my box and I had one. And I I looked and there's there's no one in that set. I mean, there's no, there's no one that you can pull that, you know, that, that it would make it a rare or valuable thing. So I just sent it to him. You know, it's if I was going to sell it, it would be, you know, three or four or five bucks or something. So, you know, yeah. why, why bother, you know, help out a fellow collector, but there there's there's nothing like that in my run that I just you know is is cheap I know is out there and just haven't been able to find one there's there's nothing I could think of offhand okay that's that's good to know I always just like to throw it out there just in case yeah. you know just in case last thing is is there anything out there um that somebody can go and see your collection do you do you post things on any social media or anything like that where mm -hmm. people can kind of follow along with your collection or not. No, That's one thing have... I don't I don't really know about you that if, if yeah. you've got anything out there or not since we met locally. No, I don't I don't do anything like that. Okay. I just uh, yeah. I just I just have them in my boxes at home. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing a little bit about your collection. I think like I said that is a a more unique piece or a more unique focus that we just haven't had a chance to talk about on the show. And so I appreciate your willingness to come on and talk about your football pack collection. Sure thing, Mike. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. Like the athletes we admire, the sports card shop is changing the game. We're not launching threes, bombing drives, or hitting dingers, but we have built a unique gathering spot for all collectors to trade cards, talk sports, play games, and watch their favorite athletes on the big screens. Yes, we've partnered with Panini, Upper Deck, Leaf, Tops, Fanatics, Pokemon, and others to bring you all the latest in sealed wax and singles. But the sports card shop in New Buffalo, Michigan is much, much more. Our recent expansion brings collectible sneakers, Hot Wheels, and more sports and entertainment memorabilia into the mix. Our new Collector's Cave game room is the perfect place to throw a rip party, bring friends, rip packs, trade cards, play billiards, ping pong, shuffleboard, classic arcade, and Xbox games, all while watching your favorite sport on TV. Visit us at thesportscardshop.com. Follow us on social at underscore sportscardshop.com or better yet, visit us in person to learn about special events, 
party packages, new products, and everything we're doing for you. The Sports Card Shop, connecting people, sports, and the hobby around the world. Well, Joe has some ambitious collecting goals from his sealed pack collection to his pre-war football run to his tops complete set run. He's got a lot of things that he wants to track down, and I wish him well as he continues to do that. I think it's also a great example, as he said at the end of the show, he doesn't have a social media presence. He doesn't go put his collection out on social media. He just enjoys it from his own home. And I think there are a ton of people out there that are like that. They may not pay attention to social media and want to be out there in front of everybody on social media, but they have been building some really awesome collections. It's amazing to me to think about what types of things might be tucked away in people's basements and closets and things like that where they and their friends know they have it, but it's not out there for the world to see yet at this point. Well, if you enjoyed this show, let me know. Reach out to me on Twitter at the Mike Summer. Send me a message on Instagram or TikTok at WaxPackHero. You can send me an email at WaxPackHero at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. And if you've got any other suggestions of super collectors you know that might have some interesting and unique collections to share with the rest of us. That is all I have for you today, so I'll catch you next time.